Welcome, everyone, to the .NET Molly Podcast. We're here to keep you up to date with the latest and greatest in .NET client development. We'll talk about some Azure, some Visual Studio, some Blazor, and, of course, .NET Molly. I'm Matt Sokup. I'm James Montemagna. And I'm David Ortnow. Who long took it in there. There was, a, there was, some, there was some depth depth in that. And I'm David uh, you know, Ortnow. I'm 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 lagging behind. I'm bringing up the rear. You know, it's all fine. It's all fine. But hey, we shipped a new .NET Maui, so that that has to be the first thing we talk about today, right? I think so. Always be shipping. It seems like every month we're talking about new versions of .NET Maui. A whole bunch of new updates and releases. What's going on in the world of .NET Maui, David? Yeah, actually. Oh wow, should I talk about all of them? So we certainly shipped a new .NET six release. Um, how long ago was our last podcast? I guess it was around the time that we shipped an RC one, maybe. Yeah, I, I think so. Yep. Uh, so we shipped a .NET six service release, which uh, supports Xcode uh, fourteen, which is iOS sixteen related things. So it's the current version of that from Apple is Xcode fourteen zero one. And the only thing that changed in there is the iOS bits. Uh, they have since then shipped an Xcode 14.1, which brings us new um, Mac Catalyst, Mac OS, iPad OS bits. And so we're working on bringing that to everybody, but it's still just an RC. Um, so that's not out quite yet. So, But 14.01 is... That is supported for .NET 6, and as of .NET 7 RC2, which just dropped, uh, you can now use that with Xcode 14 also. The Xamarin support, for those of you still running the Xamarins, uh, you have Xcode 14 support too. That shipped nice. actually alongside .NET 6. So that's cool. Um, and so what's in this release other than the Xcode 14 bits? bug fixes, lots of quality improvements. Um, we know that that is really uh, the main area of focus that we're going to have for quite some time. Uh, that doesn't mean that .NET 7 is devoid of features for Maui developers. We have context menus. We have uh, some new gestures for desktop, including pointers, uh, right-click support, which is a cool one, and then tooltips. Some of these things are things you don't necessarily think about too much. Certainly, we don't think about tooltips uh, in the mobile space much. But when you got that mouser and you're hovering over something and you want to know what it is, a tooltip can be a handy thing. I right, see. So yeah, you actually did a whole video that we'll link in the show notes too on the .NET YouTube all about .NET Maui and .NET 7 RC1, but all that stuff applies to RC2 basically, right? It all applies to RC2 as well. Yeah, because RC2, uh, no new features are lighting up there. It's really just bug fixes to the existing stuff because what comes next? GA, mm -hmm. general availability. Um, so we're looking forward to that with .NET Conf, and we'll have some new demos and docs and uh, migration information for Xamarin developers and things like that coming up. So I'll tease that just a little bit. Very cool. I did a, I did a user group recently on it and I reuse the slides that I, I I'm not, I'm, I'm going to give you credit, but we collaborated on that video, which is kind of cool. And, uh, I also took the samples cause there's done at seven samples. I think we talked about in the samples repo and they're super duper nice. And especially the desktop ones. One thing that I added that I think people don't really know about when we talk about desktop features is like the multi window and then also the menu bar. So I actually, added those in to your .NET 7 demo of the new context menu and the tooltips because the context menu API is nearly identical to the menu 
um, bar. They have like these fly out. They're oddly named, I think, but they're at least the same name between the two. And you can put the same things on it. And it was really cool because it works really great with hot reload too at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I was showing that off during the, the user group. And I was like, wow, wow, look at this, how cool this is that you have not only the ability to do all these really cool desktop features, but you also have multi-window mode and you also have these new APIs to restrict the sizes of the windows, the minimum yeah. maximum size and the X, Y position. And that works really well. So that was pretty neat to show off all in one sample. I, I should go and commit that back, even though it's not showing sure. it, it's like showing a desktop full app, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we should just expand it out to be more of a full desktop. You know, here are all the things that we know you you care for. Um, yeah, no, those are great, especially that window size position thing. Because I had native code to do that um, using like Win32 APIs and such. But it's nice that it's now baked into the platform. Speaking of things that uh, people may not be aware of, um, I don't know if we're planning on talking about this later, but I think it's worth mentioning that there's an App Center preview out now for .NET MAUI. So this includes the uh, analytics services as well as the diagnostics crash reporting services. And of course, you've always been able to use uh, App Center uh, for all their other things. UI testing is the one thing that we're currently working on. It's in progress and uh, hopefully we'll have .NET MAUI NuGet packages for UI testing soon. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's one of those packages that folks have been waiting for, the App Center stuff. And then on top of that, there's a GA release of the msal.net or Microsoft Identity for .NET developers. So if you're using Azure AD in any of its flavors, you now have a .NET 6 and .NET 7 thereby compatible version, which is pretty awesome. Um, again, I know that's been a, a major topic of feedback. So we're hitting those, those top things on the list. Oh, one of the other ones was Maps for mobile. So if you've been waiting on the Maps package for your .NET MAUI app, you now have that as well for Android and iOS. Oh, very cool. And I want to also mention that in that video and in the blog posts, for maps that, you know, we only have really shown pins. I don't know how much documentation is mm. there yet, but there is a great um, blog post. I got to find it here really quickly by Andre Neshheim, I'm going to say. And he has this amazing blog post about all of the new APIs in the maps, including creating polygons and geometry and fills and all this stuff. And it's really, really cool. So he does this uh, application where it basically pulls down a bunch of uh, parking zone information and he draws it all out on the map. So that was really cool. Hmm. I added that into my user group talk. That's why I, I did it. And I'll put, we'll put a link here uh, in, in there as well. So if you haven't seen that, it's super duper good. So definitely check it out. Yeah, that's another great one. I know that uh, he is a developer that also works on the uh, the fingerprint plugin mm. um, and some of those other plugins that are pretty popular. I can't remember what the other one is off the top of my head. I'm working real hard on the Bluetooth one. I know Shiny supports that already, but I'm working on the separate one. Slow but sure. Yeah. Good, good, good. So with this, there were also some Visual Studio releases. Matt, did you want to talk about those? Yeah, we can talk about the VS releases. Um, well, the big one that I do want to talk about is Visual Studio for Mac 17.3 Preview 2.1. Isn't that a mm. fun name? You know, and, and as I was thinking, when you guys were talking about uh, Xcode 14 and iOS 16, I was thinking at least Microsoft isn't the only one that has trouble naming things with iOS 16 <laughs> and Xcode 14. Why can't we just do everything 
Our numbers mm-hmm. are getting more aligned, though, at least your Visual That's Studio true. on Windows and on Mac. So now it's like uh, yes. when we talk about our versions, we have to be very specific about which platform we're talking about. Mm-hmm. used to be if the number system was in the uh, the double digits, you knew it was Windows, and in single digits, it was Mac, but yep. not anymore. Now we want to make it super confusing, so you don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyways, VS Mac, we'll just call it that, the latest preview for that. And it's starting to get super exciting for it, is that um, new editor and um, editor improvements. Well, one, C Sharp 11 is going to be a part of that now. C Sharp 11 is coming out with .NET 7. So there's support set, which is great. Um, you also get a couple accessibility improvements as part of that editor. Um, you can change the line spacing, um, like make it 1.5. Not sure what you would call it, but between the um, like your if statement and the first curly bracket, so a little bit easier to see stuff like that. And it also has um, things where it's you can tell exactly where your cursor is, just a little bit better. So better current line highlighting and stuff like that. Um, you can actually restart debugging quicker. It has that little circular restart debug arrow. Oh, I've been using that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't mm. even realize it was missing, to be honest. <laughs> it appears and you think, oh, that was always there, right? Well, it is there. Yeah. No, it wasn't there before. And uh, you can actually install it without Rosetta now if you happen to be running one of those new fancy MacBooks. Um, which I which am. Which I'm not. Ah, I am, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Well, by the time you get around to it, there's going to be like an M3, M4, M5, Max, <laughs> yeah. Max Super Ultra something. Yep. <laughs> yep. Which you can run right on your watch. So, yeah. So those are the new improvements with uh, VS Mac. So we'll talk a little bit about .NET 7 RC2. Um, comes out with uh, everything like .NET MAUI. It's really .NET MAUI for .NET 7, right? It's all .NET yes, 7. It is all .NET 7. And really, the RC2, as you mentioned before, David, is just really kind of solid, solidifying up for the um, release in a couple of weeks with, along with .NET Comp. And so um, C Sharp 11 is part of that. And what you want to do in order to run it is use the latest previews of Visual Studio, at least for now, or just hold off a couple of weeks when it's all general availability. And overall, I would say the biggest um, improvements really are all performance related with uh, at least for .NET 7. That's where you're going to see it. So unless you really want to go with C Sharp 11. And to do that, um, just change your uh, Lang version and your CS Proj to be um, preview, at least for now, until it's released next week. <laughs> or not next week, a couple of weeks from next now. Next week. Oh, no, you're just yeah. making promises. No, I don't want next week either. I got stuff to do before <laughs> .NET comes out. <laughs> it's all so, happening. Yep. Oh. And, you know, if you don't need to update to the latest and greatest stuff, there's other .NET MAUI stuff that's available today, right? If you're just, mm-hmm. you know, building some applications, like, hey, is there anything new happening in the world of open source? Maybe I, if you new get updates, not a whole, you know, update of my uh, uh, .NET SDK installs or Visual Studio uh, installs. Um, our good friend Kim Felbots did a great blog post on the .NET MAUI community toolkit which lives side-by-side the .NET community toolkit, which is one of my favorite things in the entire world. But they came out with a new release, has a bunch of new things in it, uh, including the new status bar styling, which is fantastic. You have to, you used to have to write a bunch of, yeah, you used to have to write so much code. And I, I, we almost put it in essentials, uh, actually, (laughs) a long time ago. And we decided not to, because it's technically UI, technically UI. Right, right. um, Ish, I would say. 
Uh, but it's it's in the community toolkit, and maybe it'll make its way into Maui at some point directly. But this is great because you can now set the status bar color and the status bar style, which is either light or dark. So you can change it to whatever you want on, on iOS and Android, which is delightful. And they're just using standard colors, so you could use app theme bindings, which is also something you might want to do. So this is great. Delete a bunch of code. I can now go, you know, go back to one of my old videos and say, you no longer have to do any of this stuff. It's a bunch of code. It's a bunch of shenanigans. So that's really nice, uh, too. So that's cool. And you just add it as a page behavior. It's interesting. It's a behavior, I guess, Hmm. because it's, well, that makes sense because it's not actually part of the page. It's what's happening. So you can set up different colors based on different pages. So that's just delightful. The other thing they did is they added a new Gravatar image source, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, if people don't know how gravatars work, the, it's basically an email address, which gets hashed into a, um, you know, a hash an eight, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then there's a API to basically turn that into an image in gravatars. And we use gravatars all the time, which, you know, if you don't know what a gravatar is, it's a globally recognized avatar gravatar, get it globally recognized. Is that really what it stands for? Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I didn't know until you know, there. We've all been on the internet since we were like, you know, newborns. And um, <clears throat> yeah, so I've had gravatars that I'm like, I don't even know how to even change this thing. Like, because I've got like, you know, six, seven, eight emails. And so these pictures just kind of load up magically in places. And it's it's sometimes interesting to be like, how do I undo this? Yeah, I've been on the internet so long. How do you know who I am? It's, it's weird because then gravatar, it comes from like the WordPress days, because it's owned by automatic. And it yeah, it used to be used to be odd. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, it all works. <laughs> you create a hash, there's a hash for an email, it happens, you get the thing. Boom, you're ready to go. It, it's just saying, hey, you have an email which identifies you. Right. And that will automatically bring it in. And if you don't want to expose your email address, you give it a hash and then bingo, bango, you're good to go which is yeah. quite nice. So it, yeah, Gravatar, you have a Gravatar image source, which I think is cool. And there's even a default um, image fallback that you can give. So if a Gravatar doesn't exist, they will pull it back down too, uh, which is cool. So you can see if you're doing a little, you know, conference application or you're doing something else, bingo, yeah. bingo, you got it. Um, yeah. They also added a bunch of animations. So things can have um, animation behaviors. So you can say when a button is clicked, for example, do a fade animation or something like that. That's really nice. And a bunch of other things like source links. So you can deep, you know, actually debug into the code. And of course, a bunch of other stuff. And I know that team is hard at work because our good friend Gerald just tweeted about the media element coming <laughs> back to the community toolkit, which is delightful in mm-hmm. so many ways. It is. Yeah. The media element is something we get asked about a lot. We were glad back in the Xamarin space, we were able to bring it in. Uh, and then now it's coming back to the toolkit for .NET 6 and 7. So that's it's heroic work on the part of uh, probably Peter, who uh, was the original author of that PR, and Gerald mm. bringing it across the finish line. So and is thank the, you. Is the map stuff making it into there, do you know? The Windows map? Oh, the Windows map. Uh, I heard good things, <laughs> but I have, not, I have not followed up. So Okay. Yeah, for for those of you who don't know, uh, so there is no native map implementation yet for WinUI 3. Uh, It is on the roadmap, so at that point in time, we can bring that into the .NET MAUI control. 
But between now and then, uh, you can use an implementation that we sent to the community toolkit as a PR. I think Rui did the majority of that work, if not all mm-hmm. of it. And it, it basically uses the same API and everything, but a web view implementation. So uh, using the web, we hear good things about the web. We hear it's powerful. You can do stuff. I've heard about so, it. I've heard about that. Putting it to work. Putting it to work. Internet tubes. I've heard about it. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Actually, we have a couple of nice stories about teams within Microsoft upgrading their websites to use .NET 6. And actually, I love these um, blog posts. that We have them all out there. There's actually three teams that went through it. And these are huge, huge projects that they did, like 7 million lines of code going from .NET framework, the old days, like 4.6, 4.7, moving them up to uh, .NET 6. And they each detail how they actually went and did it, like step by step, and then detail the benefits that they got out of doing it step by step, like faster, more stable, cheaper, which is actually really interesting that running from a .NET framework, moving it up to .NET 6 actually lowers your costs, which I, would, I wouldn't have actually expected, but it really does. And actually, no, when you think about it, though, one team was running on uh, virtual machines, and you have to have a bunch of spin-up Windows virtual machines, and now they can move over to uh, Linux-based app services or containers, And which seems like they all did. They all went over to containers running with Kubernetes for an orchestration, which is really neat. So anyways, what I like to think about these blog posts is that they're two, two um, serve two purposes. One is that they teach us as developers how to do something very complex. I know we talk about the latest and greatest all the time, but in the real world, people are still using things, .NET framework, it happens. So these show you how to move things up and out. Second, these are also boss convincing stories too, saying, you know what, you let us do this, we're going to make it cheaper (laughs) for you in the long run. Mm -hmm. So totally cool. Three different teams doing it, uh, the Bing ad campaigns, Microsoft Commerce, and then the Teams infrastructure, Microsoft Teams, Teams infrastructure also go through it. So a lot of times, I know David and James, you probably get asked about this, is what teams within Microsoft are using .NET? You know, mm-hmm. Are there anybody, or are you all working with just C and C++, or Rust, or something that nobody knows? <laughs> and its answer is, Tons, <laughs> most. Yeah. And so these are just good posts to, to show them. So I'll, yeah, we'll put these in uh, put these in the show notes for everybody to check out. So they're very interesting and they're not super long to read. And yeah, they get the point across really nicely. Lovely. Yeah, I love those stories. I love seeing them come in. I work really close with a uh, team that helps a lot of the first party teams, you know, internal teams, as well as tons of Donna use. And it's cool to also see the a usage of .NET and things that you wouldn't necessarily expect too. So one specifically about the the uh, infrastructure and Azure communication services inside of Microsoft Teams, for example. So you get to hear about these really fascinating uh, user, you know, use cases that you wouldn't really think. Like, oh, where's .NET? Oh, it's running inside of that app. I wouldn't even, you know, blah blah blah, right? And of course, a lot of different apps are a lot of different technologies, but it's cool to see where it sort of plugs in for it, which is which is quite nice. You know, you, you just name dropped ACS, Azure Communication Services. Did you see that they shipped a UI library for Xamarin developers? I saw that. Our good friend Pierce Bogan, wah, 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 Pierce yeah. Button, ding, 
uh, put that out, which is really cool. Uh, I think then I think they're going to work on a Maui one next, I assume. Yes. Yes. Uh, should be relatively straightforward for them. So I'm, I'm excited that they did that. And as always interested to hear customers, developers tell us how you get along with it. Yeah. That's a really cool. One. If you don't know what, uh, the communication service is like, it's like your voice over IP and text and all that other stuff, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's what you're using, I think in teams most often. Yep. Oh yeah. That makes sense. So if you yeah. <laughs> need to build an app like teams, boom, you can do it. Yes. You exactly. can actually do some real compelling things with that too. Like we could have, let's say we're at a doctor's office, right? And you need to have a, have a in-person consultation. Somebody could be running right. on teams like at the doctor's office or let's, let's not do doctor's office. There's private information. Sure. Well, I mean, what brings you here today, Matt? I mean, yeah, you know, exactly. Well, sorry. David, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, but no, you could be running teams, have a phone app, mm. talk to it and like, patch in the teams using Azure communication services and stuff like that, or just regular voice over IP or sending SMS messages or whatever the new standard is. I would imagine Azure communication services supports that new version of SMS, the one that Google's pushing that let's they want to yes. get Apple to, uh, let's, let's say it supports all the things. I yeah. Let's say it does. Pierce, what do you think? But yeah. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it's really compelling. Um, so, and I did not know they had a, They've finished up with the Xamarin UI SDK. That's super yeah, neat. That's, it's it's a good little bonus ad for everybody to be aware of. Yeah, there's a few other things. Like obviously, like you know, Visual Studio stuff keeps rolling out. I think it's always worth checking out the Visual Studio blog. Mads did a great one on comparing files in Visual Studio, where you want to compare files to find differences. Like you know, sometimes just like comparing the contents of the clipboard with something that was on the file disk, or doing these other things. You can kind of like have a temporary copy of a file back and forth on it. So you can easily go in and you can compare two selected files too. And you can, you know, compare what they look like, what's inside of them. You can do, um, compare, you know, with the clipboard with something else. So that's cool if you're like going through your source code and you need to do a bunch of stuff, but it, it's really nice. There's a file differ extension. You can take a look at that. Also, uh, I did a video on it, or short YouTube short, but also Mads did a, I think a few tweets. I don't think he did a blog on it, which is the the rainbow braces extension. Maybe I talked about that last month. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. so good. Um, Got to check it out. Another big thing is upcoming. We talked about it, danced around the subject, but we've talked about it last month. Probably again this month is .NET Conf is upcoming. The largest .NET conference of the entire year, launching .NET 7, three days free virtual everywhere around the world streaming from Microsoft, from the community. And you can go to .netconf.net and a brand new website just launched. It's beautiful. Um, it's got mm -hmm. light theme, dark theme modes, all sorts of stuff. You can see the speakers. There's a David on there. I don't know how you got on there. Shenanigans. Um, and then there's a full agenda and local events happening as well. So you can see some of the, the, the stuff. This is cool this year. Because I, uh, my entire team is working on the, the the planning committees for all this other stuff with a bunch of uh, other teams and community members, and what's really cool about this is that there's going to be a huge .NET Conf keynote welcoming .NET Seven, but then unique this year is state of the whatever technology. So 
after the keynote, there's going to be a state of the web, which will cover all ASP.NET Core. Maybe we'll just call it state of ASP.NET Core. But then also there's going to be a state of Azure plus .NET. And then you, David and Maddie, will be doing state of .NET MAUI talking about that. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like you have four different keynotes, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I'm super excited to be able to kind of get out and not just talk about what we're shipping, but let everybody know, here's how we're thinking about the product. Here's where we see it going. Uh, kind of get you uh, somewhat excited and give you an expectation as to what what Maui has in store for you and what .NET has in store for you. So it's, it's very exciting. Yeah. So that's going to be super cool. You can go and hit save the dates. It'll be streaming everywhere on the internet, on the YouTubes, all the things, but there's a big uh, add to calendar button so you can lock it in, which is quite cool. And take a look. We got all the announcers released from Microsoft, from the community. Super duper cool. Um, and additionally, one thing I want to talk about, we had a link in here, is there's a new uh, thing happening this year called the Student Zone. Uh, if you've ever been to Microsoft Build or Microsoft Ignite uh, in person back in the day when there was the in-person ones, um, which I'm assuming will happen at some point. There was just Ignite that happened in person, I guess. There was a student zone. And student zone was cool because it was for students. So they'd be doing student-y type stuff to learn different pieces of technology. And this year, there's going to be an online student zone happening the day before .NET Conf. So Monday, November 7th. Um, so if you know any student or you know you have a kid, maybe, you know uh, that is looking to learn, uh, development with .NET, there's going to be two live streams, uh, one midday uh, UTC, and then uh, that'll target like Europe, um, um, you know, Pacific time zones, all this other stuff. And then there'll be another one, which will be, um, oh, sorry, that, yeah, that, yeah, there's, oh, sorry, 12 p.m. UTC and then 10.30 p.m. UTC, UTC's time zones confuse me. But basically, there's an mm -hmm. evening session and a morning session is what I want to say, based on where you live in the world. And uh, it's going to be basically how to use .NET for career opportunities and to build a portfolio and resume live, which is really neat. So you'll start off with cool introduction from Scott Hanselman and Katie Savage um, from the team talking all about what Student Zone is, career opportunities, and then with a bunch of different people from all parts of different parts of Microsoft and across the globe. You're actually going to build your portfolio of things with .NET together. So you're going to build a GitHub profile. Then you're going to build a, your own resume with .NET. You're going to build a .NET MAUI application using APIs that you created during the day. You're going to build an application and add it to your resume. That's kind of cool. So check out the Student Zone uh, stuff uh, over on the .NET Conf website. There's a big button to register. I will. I will do that. I will register. Yes. It's pretty amazing. And uh, with that, Matt, you got a little Azure news and service of the month for us? I do have a little Azure news. Um, we'll keep it short and sweet because I know we have a hard stop coming up here. But let's talk about .NET 7 support because it's all .NET 7 but coming up before .NET Conf. And uh, .NET 7 support is in and has been just for a little bit in uh, functions and app service, which is good if you guys want to throw your latest and greatest stuff up into functions and app service, run .NET 7. Go ahead. And another cool thing with um, functions in Azure App Service, which will kind of tie into what our um, Azure Service of the Month is, it has direct Azure App Configuration support. So what Azure App Configuration is, so let's say we have a lot of times, like for App Service, you're going to want to have that spread out all over the world to have the fastest, you know, kind of like a server farm, essentially. 
but you're going to want to have your configurations. Let's say uh, connection strings is one that always comes to mind. You're going to want to have that. You don't want to have that all over the place because let's say you have to recycle a connection string. You have to do it everywhere. What happens if you forget to do it in one spot? It kind of blows up. So there is a way you can do it all in code to get access to Azure app configuration. It's kind of a pain. Well, it's, you know, it's kind of writing. You got the right code, right? Who wants to do that? But with the direct um, Azure app configuration integration, you can now just do it right in the portal, just kind of setting things up and saying, you know what, I want to point to this key within my app configuration repository, and then it just works. And what's cool then is Azure app configuration also links over the key vault if you needed to. So now your connection string then is completely secured and then you don't have to worry about leaking your connection strings. So yeah, and so then my Azure service of the month then is Azure app configuration. Put all your app configurations things in one spot and you can access them through the portal for functions or app service. You can access it through your code with uh, just throwing a built-in middleware for um, regular websites if you wanted to do so. Links back to Key Vault. You can version things. You can use it for um, features, like so roll out new features for A-B testing, things like that, and a whole bunch more. But Azure App Configuration, check it out. Nice. Fun stuff. That's awesome. I got to pick of the pod. It's David's blog on using C-sharp UI and .NET Re Hot Reload together. This is pretty neat. We've seen Comet. We've seen some other experiments, some other you know, open source, uh, you know, or other different projects out there. But I think what you did, David, which was cool was, hey, if you just take a .NET MAUI application, you can just light up uh, C-sharp hot reload with C-sharp base fluent UIs really easily. Now, the difference is you just have to kind of think about how you're building your application. And instead of putting stuff in the constructor, which is like sometimes what we talk about in documentation, you create a little build method that gets called and evoked. And in debug mode, will get recalled basically when you hot reload. So this is really nice for anyone that's really interested in, in building out fluent style applications and would obviously pair very nice with the C-sharp markups, I assume, in the mm -hmm. .NET MAUI community toolkit. So that makes it even nicer. Even though I'm a XAML person, uh, I think this is cool that I am going to definitely try this out. And there is a few things you have to light up basically with the hot reload service. You kind of, it's kind of like a, it's a nice hack workaround, I would say, yes, it is. but you know, it's uh, you do it once and it works throughout your entire application. So I think that's super duper cool to see. So I'm definitely gonna be trying this out and giving it a go. Yeah. And it works with MVVM or if you want to use something like Maui reactor, it could work with that, Ooh. which is kind of an MVU uh, style library that's out there. And I started playing around with, um, so you can decide how you want to do your state management and things like that. It is a bit, a uh, bit more work than others. Interestingly though, uh, it doesn't work out of the box, but it does work over the XAML hot reload, um, protocol. So it's, it's using that same infrastructure hmm. to do this. Um, which is kind of interesting. Your your .NET Hot Reload itself doesn't work over that infrastructure, but the metadata update handler that that re-triggers the uh, redrawing of your UI does. So that's kind of a... I learned that by accident because I turned off XAML Hot Reload because I was like, I don't need it anymore. 
and then turns out I did need it more. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't. I, you know, I was just reading the comments on the blog uh, to see how people actually reacted to it, and somebody says I was about to switch to XAML for my UIs for one reason and one reason only: hot reload. Now I don't have to. Thanks. You're welcome. But, oh, but yeah. no shade against XAML. I love XAML too. I, I enjoy writing XAML, but I will say that I think that there's really something to this uh, C-sharp first with the .NET Hot Reload. I, I, I rarely ever have to stop and uh, rebuild my apps. So uh, pick of the pod for me. Can I just use my own blog post again? We just like both do it like because yeah. we're, we're basically out of time. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I, think, I think everybody should go check it out, please, and let us know what you think. It's all fully supported stuff too. So like... I mean, yeah, there. use it. Yeah. And definitely check out the Maui reactor thing too. I was, I have, I have a thread going with, uh, that open source, uh, uh, maintainer to have, have him come on the, on .net show or do oh, something great. for yeah. .com. So yeah. it, he's doing some pretty wacky, crazy stuff. So it's definitely pretty cool to see some of the stuff that's happening over there. So I love it. You know, communities, you know, building some cool stuff and then that's what we love to see. So thanks community. Pick the pod community. Right on. There you go. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this month's .NET Maui podcast. I guess the next one will be after .NET Conf. So go come see everybody at .NET Conf. It's happening November 7th through the 10th. Come check us out. It's free. It's online. You can put it in the show notes. All right, that's going to do it. Till next month has been another .NET Maui podcast.